0: All right. It is 7 May. It is Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Attracted to women. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay. Let's see here from Israel. We got some news from the Hill, Massey, and 18 Democrats vote against resolution to honor the United States-Israel relationship and expand the Abraham Accords. Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, and 18 House Democrats voted against a resolution that honored the U.S.-Israeli relationship on Israeli Independence Day and expressed support for expanding and strengthening the Abraham Accords the 2020 agreement establishing a diplomatic tie between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain. The resolution, which had bipartisan sponsorship, cleared the chamber in a 401 to 19 vote. This year marks 75 years since Israel declared its independence. Massey, who frequently votes, and here's why he voted against it, he's a man of principle. It's not that he doesn't like Israel, unlike the Democrats who voted against them, Uh, He said he frequently votes against legislation pertaining to international matters. He was the only Republican to oppose the measure. Ultimately, it didn't make sense for me to vote for a bill that praises the foreign aid that I voted against for the past 10 years. He wants to keep America funded. And by sending money overseas, he sees that as a conflict of interest, okay? So that's why he did it. Whether you agree with him or not, and I kind of don't, at least he had a principled stand. The Democrats did not. He was joined by 18 Democrats, 17 of whom are members of the, of course, Congressional Progressive Caucus. From Israel Hayom, DeSantis, he was just in Israel. He hails Israel as valued and trusted U.S. ally. Potential U.S. presidential candidate Ron DeSantis hailed Israel as one of the most valued and trusted allies of his country as he visited Jerusalem during a foreign tour designed to burnish his prospects as a statesman. DeSantis noted his opposition as Florida governor to pro-Palestinian campaigns to isolate Israel. He also voiced indirect criticism over the Biden admin's opposition to the judicial reform being pursued by the Israeli government. Addressing a conference hosted by the Museum of Tolerance, Jerusalem, and the Jerusalem Post newspaper, Governor DeSantis said, Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the Jewish people. When Israel is held to a different standard than any other country in the world, that is anti Semitism. DeSantis also echoed Israeli worries about Iran, which he blamed for killing U.S. military personnel in Iraq during his own service stint there. As for the ongoing political turbulence in Israel over the divisive judicial reform promoted by the government, the governor struck a different tone than Biden, who has publicly taken issue with the proposals and has even linked them to his refusal to invite Prime Minister Netanyahu to Washington. DeSantis said that it was up to Israel to figure out its judicial reform. The U.S. must respect Israel's right to make its own decisions about its own governance. He further stressed that the task before us as Americans is standing strongly and forthrightly with Israel and with the Jewish people. DeSantis is expected to announce that he will run for the 2024 presidential nomination while he is trailing President Trump, who has already entered the Republican race. DeSantis would still be his most formidable challenger if the two run against each other. So there you go, from the Times of Israel. This is, we just had the Israel Independence Day last week, and so this is a report concerning their numbers, which I've given every year for many, many years. Israel's population nears 10 million people, a 12-fold increase since the state's 1948 founding. There are 9,727,000 people living in Israel. Of those, 7,145,000 are Jewish, or 73.5 percent, along with 2,048,000 Arabs, 21%, and 534,000 members of other minorities, 5.5%. Since last year, the population grew by 216,000 people, an increase of 2.3%. There were 183,000 babies born, and 79,000 new immigrants arrived while 51,000 people died. So there you go. From the Times of Israel. At Independence Day ceremony, Netanyahu says Israel's miracles only possible when we march together. I read the article and I wasn't very happy with it. I like Netanyahu. I was kind of burned out on him in his last um, uh, premiership, but he seems to be on the right target. But he uh, credits Israel's miracles not to God, but to their national identity. And it's very sad that he did that because, you know, it's evident if you just pick up the Bible and read it for two seconds that Israel's is reestablished by God and that everything that happens to them is a result of God's superintending hand over them. So I was just disappointed to read that article. From J.N.S. DeSantis, there's never been a Palestinian Arab entity. From the Aljamainer, Nazis are not welcome in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signs anti-Semitism bill. From forward, in Jerusalem, DeSantis says U.S. shouldn't butt into Israel's judicial overhaul debate. And then from Breitbart, hundreds of thousands of Israelis marched, now this is about a week and three days ago, they marched to support Netanyahu's judicial reforms. All we've heard about in the media is that everybody in the country is against it. They had the estimates were 200 to 600,000 people marched in support of this, and I would go with the larger number. It was a huge, huge gathering of people. So uh, that needs to be let out to people if you're talking to them and they say, well, there's no support for it in Israel. That is completely untrue. Completely. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity <laughs> from MSN. Now, I'll ask you a question when I'm done reading this, and I hope that you'll be able to give me a proper answer. A Kenyan cult preached starving for salvation, police say. Dozens have died. Kenyan authorities have exhumed dozens of bodies, mostly of children, from a forest in southeast Kenya in what appears to be a religious starvation cult. 800 acres of the Shakahola Forest have been sealed off and declared a crime scene. The site is close to Malindi, a town of 120,000 people, about 72 miles north of Mombasa. Prima facie, large-scale crimes under Kenyan law as well as international law have been committed. The information we have is that they are still digging up graves, and they have identified almost 50 graves there, so we are expecting more bodies, but not sure how many will arrive. After that article, the next day, maybe two days later, MSN, Has Cult Desktop 100, another Kenyan pastor arrested over mass killings? My question to you is, why did that happen? They don't know the word. They don't know the Bible. You're sitting here right now listening to a prophecy report. There are people online that are listening to a prophecy report. There will be people in the week ahead on several sites listening to the prophecy report. And a lot of those people will go to another prophecy report and then another and then another. And they will never take the time to listen to a sermon or read the Bible during the week. And those people are no different than the people that were starved to death. They didn't know the Word of God. They trusted in somebody's opinion about spiritual matters and they have died because of it. And a lot of them were children, lots and lots of children. So I would like to, as I do from time to time, Ask the people that listen to this prophecy report to start reading their Bible, to read their Bible every day, and to also pay attention to a church that will go through the Bible as the written word of God, believing that and teaching it in that fashion. Now, you got to be careful because you get cults that say this is the word of God and they twist and manipulate it if you don't know your Bible, then you can get into one of those and be twisted and manipulated away. So, you reading your Bible is the most important thing that you can do while you are here on this earth, okay? Because it is our connection to understanding who God is. You cannot, it is impossible for you to know God without knowing your Bible. Because Jesus Christ is revealed in the Bible, and you cannot know God if you do not know Jesus Christ. There's no way around that. So please, I would implore you to start reading your Bible. Please do that. And then get into a church that has sermons based on the Bible. I know a great church that I can recommend that you can start with. They've got sermons from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Ruth, Esther, Jonah, and we've got uh, that church has got all kinds of uh, New Testament teachings, which are not sermon fashion, but Bible uh, um, you know, Bible study fashion, and commentaries galore. So if you want to know the name of that church, send me an email, and I'll be happy to tell you it if you can't figure it out yourself. okay? Please read your Bible. When I read that, I that's the first thought that came to my mind is those people died because of a lack of knowledge, and that's exactly what the Bible says. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Okay, from WCYB, 264 area churches leave United Methodist denomination over disagreements on LGBTQ issues. Now, there wouldn't even be any conversation at all about this if these people read their Bible. This wouldn't even be an issue, but it is. The Holston Conference of UMC finalized the departure of 264 churches. The conference includes UMC churches across East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, and North Georgia. The churches leaving account for more than a fifth of members. It stems from longstanding disagreements over a push to allow gay and lesbian pastors and same sex weddings. The UMC is America's second largest Protestant denomination. Can anybody tell me the largest? Southern Baptist Baptist Convention. 7% of churches nationwide have left since 2019 rule allowing them to keep their property if they leave by the end of 2023. And people are bailing out by the droves. From Christian Headlines, Jesus' revolution hits number one on Amazon bestseller chart. People are hungry for God. Okay, A friend sent me that uh, DVD. I'm not one to buy things. I always wait until they come out for free and then I listen to them or watch them or whatever. But somebody sent it to me and I want to thank him personally right now for that. But uh, I watched it with my wife over the past two days. It usually takes us two days or more to get through a single uh, movie because we don't have a lot of free time. But uh, I never asked her, did you like that movie? She liked it. It was very good. Um, it, uh, It was basically an account of how the Jesus movement got started, who did it, and uh, if you know, um, what's his name, Chuck Smith from the uh, Calvary Chapel, he's the one that basically was behind the movement, and um, from there, uh, what's his name, Greg Laurie. Uh, The movie is more about him, actually, than anybody else. He's still a preacher in California. I don't think I've ever heard one of his sermons, so I can't recommend him, but it was A good movie. It was uplifting. It was Christian based. Um, You know, I had no problem with it. So I can recommend it. I think you'd enjoy it. It's emotional. It's got Kelsey Grammer, who uh, he was a U.S. senator at one time. He's done lots of movies. One of my favorite was he was a, uh, a naval officer on a submarine and it was a comedy and it was uh, very well done. I, I just remember that. I can't remember the name of it offhand. but uh, Periscope. Down Periscope. Thank you. Very good movie. Uh, he was brilliant in it. And uh, so if you ever... Does it have any cussing in it? I don't think it did. Okay, I'll say this. If it has cussing, I apologize in advance. I like the movie. I thought you would like it as well. Go ahead and watch it. If it does have bad uh, words in it, it was years ago I saw it, but I remember really enjoying it. So that's my plug on Kelsey Grammer's movie there. But it was a good movie as well, The uh, Jesus Revolution. From Breitbart. Arizona Democrat state representative caught on camera, Dame, anybody see this? Hiding Bibles from colleagues. Yeah, when Bibles started disappearing from the lounge, security officers set up a hidden camera to see who was behind the theft. Not too long after that, they discovered Stephanie Hamilton was the culprit. Some of the missing Bibles were reportedly found under seat cushions in the lounge, and one was found in the refrigerator, keeping (laughs) the word of God cold. Hamilton, who is also, here's your problem right here, an ordained minister, was later confronted in the Capitol building and asked her why she was hiding Bibles. I don't want to talk to you, she said to the journalist, who then said, it's just a simple question. Why would you hide the Bibles? Who says anything about hiding Bibles? So she's denying she did it. And the guy says, you are caught on video. So she had to make a public apology, and they're still debating what they're going to do to this person. front Yeah. Put her in the refrigerator. That's very good. From the uh, Christian post school district reinstates teacher fired for opposing LGBT kids books. They pay her $181,000. Bryan County schools has agreed to pay $181,000 in attorney fees and damages and will restate Lindsay Barr as a substitute teacher. Lindsay spoke out as a Christian, a mother, and a private citizen on an important issue, namely the content and age appropriateness of a picture book that the school planned to read to her kids and other elementary age children that conflicted with her family's values and faith. Good. From the Christian Times, 18 Christian colleges closed since the start of COVID-19. They weren't making it anyway. I mean, some of them were very small and they ended up just not being able to handle it. So uh, there's a lot more that has been destroyed in uh, our society because of that than pretty much anything I can think of. I just from uh, We got some news from Mideast and Africa today from the Washington Post. Panic spreads in Iran after new suspected poison attack On girls schools. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, This has been going on. I haven't reported on it because we've always had something seemingly more important, but uh, this time it's just going on and on. In recent months across Iran, listen to this, about 300 suspected gas attacks have hit more than 100 girls schools. Deputy Health Minister Karami said last month that 13,000 students had been treated for symptoms of suspected poisoning. No deaths were reported. The attacks began in November in the unholy city of Qom. A lull occurred when the schools were closed for the Iranian New Year in late March. But the attacks appear to have picked up again over the past couple weeks as schools reopened, sparking widespread panic and confusion. Some people actually think that the government is behind it. They don't like women being educated and this is how they're... Yeah, that's... That's just one of the views that it could be. The parents are really scared. A lot of them won't send their kids to school anymore. Some parents have said they are willing to have their child held back year at school just to keep them out of danger. The head of the Iranian Parliament's Education Committee said last month that tests from the Ministry of Health had detected nitrogen gas in schools in Qom, but there has been no official government statement identifying what gas or gases may have been used. From... All Arab news, Iran boosts the Russian invasion in Ukraine with 300,000 artillery shells. Iran has boosted Russia's war effort in Ukraine during the past six months by providing Moscow with artillery shells. The report is based on documents and unnamed officials who are reportedly familiar with the issue. Russian vessels have transported massive Iranian military aid across the Caspian Sea from Iran to Russian shores. Russia has traditionally been the stronger power in the complex relationship between Moscow and Tehran. However, a senior fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy argues that Russia is increasingly becoming dependent on Iranian military expertise in drone technologies and other areas. The West previously underestimated the Iranian threat, mainly viewing it as a Middle Eastern problem. However, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the growing Russian-Iranian military cooperation, the Iranian regime is increasingly viewed as a global threat. I remember a president just a couple years ago saying exactly this, The threat posed by long-range weapons made in Iran is not limited to the Middle East. Since the invasion of Ukraine, Iran has supplied hundreds of Shahed one-way attack drones to Russia. From JNS, for the first time, a U.N. body will host Nakba Day. Does anybody know what that is? It's the day that uh, Israel became a nation, and they are actually going to allow it to be celebrated in the U.N., One of many UN bodies dedicated to the Palestinians announced last week an upcoming UN commemoration of Nakba Day, the supposed catastrophe that marked the birth of the State of Israel in 1948. Palestinians and their supporters mark this annually on May 15th, one day after Israel announced its independence on May 14th, 1948. The day purportedly memorializes the displacement of Palestinian Arabs. During the course of fighting beginning in November 1947, when UN member states voted to partition the land and lasting until the summer of 1949, many Arabs in the area fled during hostilities or heeded instructions, here it is, from Arab leaders to leave their home as five Arab armies tried to annihilate the nascent Jewish state at birth. It was that that brought all of those people out. They said, we will go in and we will destroy these people and then you can go move back in. So this had nothing to do with Israel. Israel, in fact, is known to have invited the Arabs to stay. We will live together. And they didn't do that. And everything you're hearing since then is just a bunch of lies pursuant to a UNGA resolution passed in December, the UN Committee on the Exercise of Inalienable Rights of the Palestinian People announced that a Nakba Day event will be held inside the halls of the UN for the first time. From Reuters, Putin hails Turkey ties as first Turkish nuclear plant is inaugurated. Russian President Putin hailed Moscow's burgeoning energy and wider economic ties with Ankara as he and President Erdogan took part virtually in a ceremony inaugurating Turkey's first nuclear power plant. Russia's state nuclear energy company Rosatom built the Akuyu nuclear power plant. The ceremony saw the first loading of nuclear fuel into the first power unit at the site in Turkey's southern Mersin province. This is a flagship project. It brings both mutual economic benefits and, of course, helps to strengthen the multifaceted partnership between our two states. Now, remember that Turkey is a member of NATO. NATO. That's correct. Putin and they will someday be a member of what is known as Gog Magog, going down against Israel. So, Putin described Akuyu as the largest nuclear construction project in the world and noted that it would mean Turkey having to import less Russian natural gas in the future. From the Times of Israel, Iran charges two actresses for not wearing mandatory headscarves in public. There go their acting careers. Uh, We got some news from Mongolia, from Aki Press. The UK, that's the United Kingdom, just coronated a new king yesterday. The UK appoints new ambassador to Mongolia. The UK government appointed Fiona Blythe as the new ambassador to Mongolia. She will replace Philip Malone, who will be transferred to another foreign service. Blythe is expected to take office in July 2023. Fiona, who previously served as deputy head of mission in Hanoi, Vietnam, and as the head of policy at the UK mission in the United Nations, has a wealth of experience in international relations and diplomacy. In her new role, she will be responsible for strengthening the UK's relationship with Mongolia, especially in the areas of trade, investment, and cultural exchange. Ooh. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From CNBC. Scientists develop AI system focused on turning people's thoughts into text. Scientists have developed a non-invasive AI system focused on translating a person's brain activity, it just reads your brain activity, that's all it does, into a stream of text. The system, called a semantic decoder, could ultimately benefit patients who have lost their ability to physically communicate after suffering from a stroke, paralysis, or other degenerative diseases. Researchers at the University of Texas at Austin developed a system in part by using a transformer model. The study's participants trained the decoder by listening to several hours of podcasts with an FMRI scanner, which is a large piece of machinery that measures brain activity. The system requires no surgical implants. Once the AI system is trained, it can generate a stream of text when the participant is listening to or imagines telling a story. You simply imagine telling a story and it can read your mind. The resultant text is not an exact transcript. Rather, the researchers designed it with the intent of capturing general thoughts or ideas. According to a new release, the train system produces text that closely or precisely matches the intended meaning of the participant's original words around half of the time. For instance, when a participant heard the words, I don't have my driver's license yet, during an experiment, the thoughts were translated to, she has not even started to learn to drive yet. So it's very close just reading brainwaves. That's all it's doing. Participants were also asked to watch four videos without audio while in the scanner. And the AI system was able to accurately describe certain events from them. Reading the brain activity, no audio, they're just watching and it's reading their minds and describing what is being said. The researchers believe it could eventually be used via more portable brain imaging systems. There's a problem with that, that if somebody is considered a miscreant by your government and they want to read your brain activity, they can now do that with hopefully soon portable brain imaging systems. That's a little scary. From, yeah, from Fox News, ChatGPT found to give better medical advice than real doctors in blind study. This will be a game changer. From Fox, Artificial Intelligence helped detect early signs of breast cancer in some U.S. hospitals. Some hospitals have seen a 23% increase in breast cancer diagnoses since utilizing the AI technology. There are things that it is very good at. I've said this a million times and now I'll say it one more. That makes a million plus one, one million and one. Um, uh, technology is neutral. It's what we do with it that is bad. However, uh, knowing the Will and ambitions of man, we will usually do the wrong thing. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From Floridian Press, Florida. Now, this passed, okay? Um, I read a list, I think I deleted the email. We've got a great governor, that's all I can say. They just had their uh, session, I think it was only 40 days, and they passed more good laws than you have possibly imagined, okay? Now, people are angry at this because it's not strong enough. Don't listen to those people, okay? Florida to pass strongest medical freedom law in the nation. This is it. This is the strongest one, and people say it's not enough. Well, there's only so much you can do at one time, okay? But uh, what he has done is very good. Desantis's plan is enshrined in Senate Bill 252, Introduced by Senator Burton and currently making its way through the legislature, I do believe he signed it this past week. The bill does exactly what DeSantis promised, which is to make the protections from the 2021 special session permanent. It is the intent of the legislature that Floridians be free from mandated facial coverings, mandates of any kind relating to vaccines as provided in this section, and discrimination based on such vaccination status. The legislature finds that society is harmed by discrimination based on vaccination status as provided in this section when healthy persons are prevented from participating in society and accessing employment opportunities. The legislature further finds that remedies to prevent such discrimination are in the best interest of this state. The bill will prevent businesses, employers, and educational institutions public and private, from discriminating against anyone based on vaccination status for COVID-19, mRNA, or any other EUA vaccine. This prevents vaccine passports from ever being allowed in Florida in regard to the stated vaccines. Some medical freedom activists have raised concerns that SB 252 does not go far enough in this regard. The law states, For matters relating to vaccines other than those defined under subsection 2, a business entity shall provide for exemptions and reasonable accommodations for religious and medical reasons in accordance with federal law. SB 252 will prevent any business, employer, or educational institutions from discriminating against Floridians based on a positive or negative COVID-19 test, eliminating testing mandates in Florida. The bill has teeth, allowing for fines of up to $5,000 per violation. One of the problems parents have faced is mask and vaccine mandates in private schools. The protections of SB 252 will extend not only to public schools of all grades, but also to private schools. Mask mandates in all Florida schools, public and private, from preschool through college, will be permanently illegal if SB 252 is signed into law. We've got a great governor. He's doing great things. He didn't write this. Somebody else wrote it, but he agreed with it and he says, I will sign it. Okay. Uh, The part that, I think there were two things that people argued against. One of them that I read you is um, valid vaccines that have been valid in the past is what it's saying. I don't want my child to have that. They have a right to request an exemption, but we know that some vaccines have worked in the past. Like, you know, they've saved people. They've saved, and, but, those people should not also be forced to take those if they do not want to but the other ones you cannot force on anybody for any reason at all ever blah 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 so um, like I said I didn't read the whole thing it was a very very long article and I tried to get you the pertinent parts morality is declining from Fox 13 Pornhub blocks Utah in protest of new age verification law and Utah goes who cares New York Post New York Times slammed for promoting assistant suicide for mental illness. Okay. New York Times is saying that, you know, we need to allow people to just, they're mentally ill. They ought to be able to kill themselves. Okay. This is what happened. Now, it, they're always saying that the people on the right in this nation are the Nazis. You hear it all the time. The term is thrown at us all the time. Listen, this is what Hitler did in before World, before and leading up to World War Two is he allowed people to be, you know, euthanized. And then he started to make it mandatory. Pretty soon, if you have Down syndrome, you're out of here. If you're uh, mentally challenged, you're out of here. And then you're a Jew, you're out of here. Listen, the left is the one that is doing the things that have already been done by these people in the past. It's not the right. And they're recommending it right out of lefty central. Gateway pundit. County Councilman triggers woke liberals and gets them to protest their own ideology by proclaiming he is now a lesbian woman of color. An Indiana Republican politician caused woke leftists to lose their minds when he reintroduced himself as a woman of color and a lesbian because he is attracted to women. After much consideration, I've decided to come out and finally feel comfortable announcing my true, authentic self. It is with great relief that I announce to everyone that I identify as a woman, and not just any woman, but as a woman of color as well he must have listened to this report because my brother has been identifying as a black woman for years I guess this would make me gay lesbian as well since I am attracted to women so he identifies as a woman and he's attracted to women so hordes of woke leftist students stormed the city council meeting and demanded Webb resign One student whined that Webb was making the process of discovering who is trans more difficult. A morbidly obese trans woman also angrily blasted Webb, claiming that he was being disingenuous and his words not only embarrass himself, but you, the city council. Webb, however, had an epic retort. Do you think you have the password to the forbidden world of coming out? When you decided to become a woman, did people tell you that it was unbecoming? Sorry, pal, but you don't get to be the decider of who is acceptable and who isn't. I was hoping that you and I could be friends now that we are both ladies who used to be men. (laughs) I'll give you some more time, he said. What a great, great guy. I I love it. Shuffle it up and feed it back. There you go. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. From Israel Hayom, officials voice concern as U.S. TAP's reserve stockpiles in Israel to help Ukraine. We have got weapons stored in key places around the world. In Israel, which is a great environment for it because it's, you know, very dry, not a lot of humidity. They've got desert If you have ever driven through, um, what's the state that's owned by the uh, government? Utah, I think. Yeah. If you ever drive through Utah, as far as you drive on one highway, there are mounds and mounds and mounds. And these are bunkers where our national, you know, surplus of weapons are stored And it goes on as far as you can see, mounds and mounds and mounds. And they're all under security. But I went through there and I took some pictures of it when I went through back in 2010. But this is what we do in the world. We have munitions for contingencies, okay? If Israel is ever attacked, that is there for their security. However, the amount of U.S. munitions stored in Israel has been dwindling due to the Ukraine war and it is still unclear when it will be replenished. The depots are officially designated as U.S. military storage facilities and as such enjoy diplomatic immunity under bilateral agreements with Israel. The implicit understanding between Jerusalem and Washington over many decades has been that the munitions there were to be earmarked for Israel in times of emergency if the Jewish state faces a major attack along the scale as the 1973 Yom Kippur War, when it faced a combined invasion of Syria and Egypt. According to sources who spoke with Israel Hayom, some of the munitions have been shipped out in recent months through the port of Ashdod, mainly on Saturdays, on the Sabbath day, to avoid drawing media attention. We are stabbing our best allies in the world right in the back. From the drive, over 4 million rounds of heavy ammo committed to Ukraine from the U.S. so far. 4 million rounds. The U.S. has committed more than 4.4 million artillery shells, tank rounds, rockets, and mortars, plus another 200 million rounds of small arms ammunition to Ukraine to assist its fight against the Russians. And that doesn't include an unspecified number of 120 millimeter and 105 millimeter tank rounds and guided multiple launch rocket system rounds for the 38 U.S. donated M-142 high mobility artillery rocket systems. Add it all up and it weighs more than 103,000 tons. That's a lot of munition that we have sent to the Ukraine. From the Georgia Star News critical race theory being taught at top veterinary schools yes 8 of the top 11 veterinary schools in the United States have begun implementing CRT and DEI I was wondering I got a big black border collie last year he's about a year and three quarters old now and he hates my little white chihuahua and now I know why they indoctrinated that dog Okay, that's not true. They love each other. Dogs cannot tell color differences. Four of the 11 schools have made it mandatory for students to undergo such training and curriculum, while eight have mandatory training for staff and faculty, and six have implemented DEI in their hiring processes. Furthermore, seven of the schools have tools in place for students to report incidents of bias or violations of inclusivity to school authorities. If veterinary schools think they are advancing racial justice by embedding racial group identity politics into training, they are barking up the wrong tree, says William (laughs) A. Jacobson, the founder of criticalrace.org. You gotta wonder what's going on in this world, teaching dogs and cats to hate each other. (laughs) Mail online, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. Now Oregon looks to decriminalize encampments and let homeless sue for $1,000 if they're harassed or told to leave. Furious Portland residents say they're being terrorized in their own neighborhoods. Bill would decriminalize homeless camps in Oregon and allow those people who live in them to sue for $1,000 if they are harassed. Zero Hedge, City of Asheville. Now, that is not passed. A lady put it in, and it's just in the process. But knowing Oregon... Anyway... Zero Hedge, city of Asheville, trapped in crime crisis, prepares to impose 60-day safety initiative. Well, they wouldn't have had to have done this if they weren't liberal and defunded their police department. Asheville, North Carolina is facing several challenges due to soaring crime and a dwindling police force in the aftermath of the 2020 George Floyd murder, which sparked the nationwide defund the police movement. In response to the rampant lawlessness, city officials have declared an emergency plan beginning next week and lasting for two months to tackle the crime wave. City officials are rolling out a 60-day initiative to address safety downtown. Our efforts in downtown should in no way suggest that we aren't focused on safety across the entire community. The intensive effort is driven by data that suggests a disturbing trend of increases in both property and violent crime in our downtown. The announcement comes as local newspaper recently warned of a severe police shortage due to the polarizing defunding of the police movement during the pandemic. On an ordinary day in Nashville, 16 to 18 police officers patrol the entire city an area covering 46 square miles. That's down from 30 cops on duty three years ago, when Asheville first started losing officers faster than it could replace them. The Asheville Police Department has been operating at a reduced capacity. Now it's just 60% for more than two years. It could be another decade before the force returns to pre-pandemic levels. Liberalism ruins everything. 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 K-O-I-N. Portland to ban gas powered delivery vehicles from 16 blocks downtown. If you're a delivery driver and you don't have something other than a green car, you can't deliver anymore. Portland is about to be one of the first cities in the United States with blocks dedicated as zero emission delivery zone, thanks to a $2 million grant the city received. The Portland Bureau of Transportation announced that the money will support creating a 16-block area in downtown where all deliveries must be made using zero-emission vehicles. If the pilot program is successful in the coming years, PBOT could be eligible to bid for an additional $15 million to expand the program and make it permanent. From Breitbart, San Francisco Whole Foods made 568 emergency calls before closing. You wonder why they had to close that store. ABC, three states passed major gun control reform packages. Legislators in Washington, Colorado, and Maryland pushed for gun law changes. Mark my words in the next year, after these are implemented, crime is going to continue to go up, up, up in those three states. They what? They'll They'll need more gun control. That's what they'll need. Breitbart. Beto O'Rourke pushes more gun control after mail kills five people in Texas. Okay, he used a handgun. He killed five people execution style. This guy has got the wrong focus. We all know that, but that is just ignorance at its highest. Mail online. Biden finally announces COVID vaccine requirement for travelers to U.S. will be scrapped on 11 May, along with mandate for federal employees. After all this time, he got his hand forced. He'd let that go on forever and ever and ever. But Mail Online, this is tragic. I'm telling you, I, I don't even know how to report this. This is tragic. Banana artwork... Taped to a wall, is eaten by a museum visitor. <laughs> After eating the banana, No Huan Su taped the peel back to the wall. Yeah, it's a banana split. How much was that? Uh, it was. It, it, it couldn't have been very much. The artwork, no. They had, it was $200,000? Well, it, was. it was. It's not anymore. <laughs> okay, who said it? Tolerance is the last virtue of a dying society. Yeah. It goes way back. Aristotle. Wow. Okay. I got a lesser here for you. I don't know who sent it, they sent me two. And I'm going to read you one of them. But before I tell you that, um, Jim sent me an email at the beginning of the week. And Les has a uh, new book out. It's um, uh, A Year of Lessericks. He took all the Lessericks he's done over the past year and uh, 2022. And it's by Les Lentz. So if you want it, you can get it right on Amazon. Um, Also, May 12th, which is coming right up this week, is National Limerick Day. So I'd like everybody here to start writing limericks. Okay, having said that, let's see if you can guess who one of them is writing about. So who gets to say they are gay? Black, white, or whatever they say. While some march with pride, they, others deride, it's a game only they get to play. Yeah, very well done. Okay, we got a bit of irony here for you today. But before I give you that, I'd like to uh, encourage you once again. Read your Bible, okay? If you read your Bible and you do it with the proper perspective, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, you will be a much more content and happy person than you may be right now. As a matter of fact, I'm certain you will be. Uh, We went through the stats in a report maybe, what, four months ago or so, where people that read their Bible once... Uh, once a week, don't really have much improvement in their life. If they read it twice a week, not much improvement. Three times a week, same thing. But when you start reading your Bible four times a week or more, the chart went up, just went ballistic, like geometrically higher. If you read your Bible and you do it with the perspective of Jesus Christ in your life, you will be understanding what God intends for you in your life. You will have a new hope, you will have a new direction, and you will be grounded every day as you go out your doors into this darkened, wicked world. It's not going to get any better, folks. If you think that the news that I read you week to week is bad, it's only going to continue to get worse. Our situation is not going to improve. And if you are not grounded in the Word of God, and if you're not listening to sermons which will instruct you on what that means, you are only damaging yourself I would plead for you to do this. You can listen to podcasts. If you don't want to watch a video, you can get any sermon that we have ever done in this church on podcast, right at Sermon Audio. Okay, and I believe on the Superior Word website, they're all there as well. So you can get them from either location, but you will be benefiting yourself, and you'll be finding out what God wants you to know in this terrible world. So please do that. Okay, a couple ironies. Um, The first one is just irony for who said it, okay? It's not really anything ironic other than the person who said it. From the Christian headlines, Biden touts the profound power of prayer. Join me in asking for God's continued guidance. Wow. That's despicable. That is despicable. And then from Breitbart, this is ironic. Cuba cancels communist May Day parade due to gasoline shortage. (laughs) Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.